If you are a businesswoman working to amplify your six and seven figure business from success to significance, then you know it's not just about the right strategies or the right tactics. It's more and more about high caliber people around you, your team, your collaborators, and advisors that can open doors for you and widen your reach. Welcome to your Circle of Influence podcast with your hosts, Dr. Monica Ogando and Amy Walker. Hello, everybody. Welcome to your Circle of Influence podcast. I'm your co-host, Dr. Monica Ogando. And I'm Amy Walker. Today, our topic is the cure for overworking. Don't. Okay. Thanks for coming to my TED Talk. Goodbye. <laughs> we so appreciate you joining in and listening today. Connect with us online. No. <laughs> Monica, that might be a one and done for you, but I am a recovering workaholic. Mm-hmm. Like there should be a support group for us. There, I'm you- sure there is. I'm sure. Well, there's there probably is. one of them, right? Uh, there is a cure to overworking. We're going to get into it today. Uh, one of the things that that I always start off with, like when there's a problem, it's like, what are the assumptions I have made such that this would exist? Mm-hmm. And the assumption that we make as a society with overworking is that um, somehow there is nobility yeah. in suffering. Somehow there is nobility in spending yourself to death, right? And we know where that came from. In the With the Industrial Revolution, when people are going into factories, you were rewarded for how long suffering you were, how much pain, how much discomfort, how much you were willing to put yourself uh, at risk for a particular um, company or a particular process. or This is where we got labor laws from to protect the workers from, from mm-hmm. you know, losing life and limb of course, due to overworking. And so I know where that came from. And we are not in an industrial uh, economy anymore. Right. So those rules no longer apply. We are, if anything, we are more like in the knowledge economy more so than anything else, right? And so you're not necessarily getting paid for or celebrated for uh, how much physical labor you put into something, how long you spend at the office, et cetera. It's more about how how much you know. That's why you see so many YouTube videos and uh, podcasts talking about hacks, life hacks, business hacks, tech hacks, AI is, is, you know, becoming bigger and bigger. And so one of the things that I will say as a cure for overworking is to check again, always going to go back to this, always audit your assumptions um, because you you tend to get an emotional need met out of our behaviors. And so if the emotional need is validation and approval, then there are healthier ways to do this without you having to work yourself to death. That would be the number one that I would say. Take off the badge of busy because it's not as cool as you think. Yeah, right. <laughs> Yes. Um, so I, as a recovering, uh, workaholic, uh, I will tell you that I love 
what I do. I love working. And there are many nights where I get done and, you know, I've done the family thing. Cause I usually, I start early and I'm usually done around four. And then I have these few hours of family time where it's like kids are home and we've done dinner and we've done, um, we've done the stuff and then they're kind of tired of us and they're like dispersing to go do their own things. And they don't really want to be gathered. There's this dispersion that happens. And when I get to that point, I tend to go, well, what do I want to do? Do I want to watch a TV show or do I want to go back to work? And I get, I feel that pull towards going back to work. And I used to uh, relax by just doing different work. It's like, oh, Mm -hmm. I can tell I'm getting a little bit tired. Well, I'll just do different work. And then that restarts the endorphins again. And it is um, when you truly love what you do, you have to understand that rest will not happen without working. <laughs> and you have to find right. other things that you love equally as much as you love working. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have to create blank space and understand the the intense value of blank space on your calendar. Because blank space represents the ability to think. It represents the, I used to measure my success based on how full my calendar was. I would look at the calendar. I'd be like, awesome. The week's totally full. That means we have a lot of sales calls. Mm-hmm. That means we have a lot of clients. We're doing well. Mm-hmm. And if I would look at my calendar and it would not be full, I would feel nervous. Like, oh, dang, we're not going to have enough sales this week. Um, you know, we're, we're maybe our client load is getting low. And I I've changed it where I've looked at it and I've looked at my calendar and the weeks where it's the most busy. I'm like, this is not going to be a productive week because I am doing everything for everybody else. Um, the weeks when there are big open spots, I'm like, that's my creation time. That's the time where I work on the next level. That's the time where I can go in and, you know, structure and plan and do my CEO role that happens in the blank spaces. So, um, I know I'm not necessarily giving specific tips, but I would say create more blank space in your calendar. Yeah. Um, I would say that find uh, things that you love to do. Like for me, books is a passion. I love books. Mm-hmm. Um, so reading, um, I love paddleboarding and kayaking. Um, I love uh, court sports like tennis and pickleball and, you know, going and making time to do those things. So I think when your default rest activity is not something that feeds you, it's easy to just keep working because you like that more. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah, totally. And we have to be comfortable enough with the silence to be able to understand what we want to fill, right? There's yeah. there's like this limbo time where it's like, wait, what do I do? And you're uncomfortable and you're self-conscious and you're like, shouldn't I be doing something? And and it's a little bit of like the, um, what's that? What's that? phase of life that people go it's it's like withdrawal mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like withdrawal from the busyness of life right and, and yeah it's almost, you have to retrain your brain to be like okay hold on we're just pivoting <laughs> right um yes. another thing that I would say that can I, would- I can I pause on that for one second because when yeah. I started making this change I will tell you it's actually the first time in my life I felt truly like I was having struggling with anxiety mm-hmm. where my heart is like my body was so used to having so much um, adrenaline moving through it that when the activity diminished below what the adrenaline supported it was just there and I would like have like my heart was like racing oh, and like I felt this 
tension. And yeah. I just, I kept having to, there was this part of me that was like, do I need to go on anti-anxiety medication? Cause I am feeling anxious. Yeah. And I was like, well, let's see. And I just kept reminding myself, I'm like, you're moving at a different pace. You don't need to feel anxious. This is exactly what you're supposed to be doing. And I would tell myself, this is the most important thing to do right now because my brain would be like, there's so many other things. I'm like, no, this is the most important thing to do. Like, you know, I'm just sitting next to my husband and we're doing nothing important. And I'm feeling like I could be blah, blah. And I'm like, no, this is the most important thing to do. And it took some like physical retraining along with the mental retraining. And I definitely felt like I was going through withdrawals. Like it did, it did some junk to my system. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I can totally relate to that. There's, there is that limbo space of like, hold on, readjusting. Right. And, and it is a chemical response. That's, Mm -hmm. that's why it's so addictive because we, we train our hormones and we train our, our brains to be like, okay, release, Release the dopamine every time she scrolls through social media. Release the adrenaline every time she has a deadline due, you know, et cetera. Uh, one, of the, one of the pieces to overworking, as it were, uh, is also to create better systems, right? Automation systems, SOP, standard operating procedures, so that there's, because uh, one of the ways that you can minimize that anxiety is by knowing and trusting that things are taken care of. If you've set up those systems and those processes there, it's like now you don't have to reinvent the wheel. You don't have to build up a lung every time that you need a breath, <laughs> you know. And so when you have those systems there, it allows it allows the system to kind of cool itself down and come back to center. Yeah, I love that. Um, OK, so a couple other things with shifting the overworking is uh, what's at the root of it? Sometimes for me in the past, it's been because I just like it. Other times it's fear-based. And so now when I, since I made the conscious decision that overworking is not, it's not it. um, Now, when I find myself overworking, it's almost always fear-based. And it's because there's parts of my business that are feeling uncertain or unsure. And the part that I can be sure of is my contribution to it. And so it's like, well, if I just work, then I'm going to work my way out of it. But that's not, that's not actually really the result it or the way that it, it's not, it's not a truth. It feels true, but it's actually kind of like a truth layered with a lie below it. And the lie is that you're in control. (laughs) Like you're not, yes, you can control your contribution, but you cannot, you still cannot control the result. Mm -hmm. And so there is this, like a law of diminishing returns that happens where it's like, when you work up until this point, you are adding and contributing value. But when you work beyond the point that is good for you, you're actually taking away from what you contribute to the business because now you're putting yourself into burnout. Now you're putting yourself into overwhelm, into constant stress. And so you're, you think you're adding, but really you're subtracting. So that's a great point. If it's fear-based, like you got to just tell yourself the best thing that I can do right now is rest and come back fresh tomorrow. Cause yes. I can't, I can't, I'm not in control of the outcome here. Yes. Um, I know you laugh when I say this, Amy, but I have been radicalized. I am the most money, um, money driven or like money mindset, sales mindset person who's an anti-capitalist. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, it's very true. I agree. I concur. <laughs> yes. Because it's like, the the a lot of what we do in this society is based out of 
white supreme white mythology and capitalism and patriarchy and it is completely against our human nature it's not the way that we work for millions of years it is not sustainable now we have this little parentheses of the last 300 years of like this is the way it should be or this is the way that we have evolved and we forget that it's like no actually this parenthesis is what has led to uh, you know, higher incidence of suicide, higher incidence of cancer, higher incidence of heart disease, higher incidence of divorces, higher incidences of like, there's a lot of stuff that isn't working. <laughs> but because we're in this bubble, it's like, oh, we just have to know how to suffer better. <laughs> Instead of just completely scrapping the system. Um, I remember one time when I was it, still in financial services, and I was on a boat with some with some investors and so forth. And somebody said the story of this i don't know if it was true or not it was maybe a parable but he was talking about how like um there was this guy on a boat and he was like and he was telling the the boat owner oh you should you know fish more and so you can get more boats it's like for what it's like so you can get more boats and then you can sell them and rent them and and, da, 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 and for what so that then you can take vacations and then you can be you know in a placid lake right you know like enjoying your vacation or whatever it's like that's what i'm doing right now <laughs> why do I have to go through all of that just to be where I where I want to be you know I'm, a, I'm already where I want to be and so we have this false assumption that that achieving more and accumulating more and getting more money and more wealth not that there's anything wrong with money honey listen okay okay but that that this accumulation thing and this achieving thing is somehow going to get you something you already have it yeah and that's, I think that's the best cure for overworking. It's like, just like do it because you enjoy it. Do it because you have something to contribute, not because you're trying to make up for something that you think you don't have. You know, I remember when we first bought our, our first home in Georgia and we bought our properties, we had 10 acres and we had this area, which Monica was out there. It was our camp campsite. Remember that? Yes. yes. And um, when we moved in, I had such big plans for that area. Like I wanted to build like a pergola and I wanted to have like swings around it. And I wanted to, um, you know, do all these things to cultivate the 10 acres that we lived on. And I was getting really frustrated that we were never getting it done. And so one day I was like, Amy, why do you want that? And it was like, because I want to have family and friends gathered out there because you would, it was away from the house and you really felt like you were in the middle of like, yeah. no, like you're yeah. in the middle of nature. I was mm -hmm. like, I want meaningful conversations. I want connection. I want to spend our Sundays out here. And I was like, well, why don't you just do that? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so yeah. We found a pile of bricks um, underneath the house. And we're like, let's take the bricks. We went out and we built a little campsite. And then we got like $14 chairs from Walmart, like camping chairs. And we had the most glorious Sundays. Like we would yeah. go out there after church and we'd put up hammocks and we'd, you know, roast dinner and marshmallows and uh, play and laugh and play cards. And, you know, we had um, business friends come around and had like deep, meaningful life discussions. It was like mm -hmm. everything I wanted, I had, but I was working so hard trying to get what I thought I needed to have that, that I wasn't taking the time to do it. And it right. was just like, well, that's a broken way of looking at it. So yeah. <laughs> agreed. Agreed. So true. This is good. Well, friends, yeah. we love, we, I, we would love to hear from you about your cures for overworking or the challenges that you've had with overworking. Maybe you have, you're not ready for a cure yet. You're still dealing with and articulating the problem. We would love to know, leave the, your, leave your comments below. 
And of course, you can always reach us in, on social media. Um, Amy is on Instagram at Amy Walker Coach, and I am on Instagram at Monica Ogando. So make sure that you connect with us offline as well. We would love to hear from you. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for being here. See you next time. Thanks, everyone.